Hey guys, it is 4.44 p.m. on March 21st, 2021, and this is the second episode of The Age of Aquarius. Thank you for listening. Thank you to myself for actually recording a second episode, and hopefully this will only take one take. So, the war on data, how all of this data pirating that goes on in this century and honestly in the past decade is actually a war for your soul so to speak and also how all of this media is further fueling the war on humanity and currently existing there's no there's no arguing that one but yeah so first i think it's important that (laughs) you get a base level of knowledge and like where i'm speaking from uh So the weather app can sell your location, just so you know. All of the cookies that you accept on different websites can track all of the other websites you go on to. The algorithms that are in place in most social media applications have the ability to watch your facial reactions as you scroll. So not only do they understand your micro reactions to certain images, but any image that you sit on for longer than another they can analyze that time and recreate something similar on the next you know image that you scroll to so you are further sucked in to the simulation uh they're always listening (laughs) it's it's very naive to think that not every single application that you have on your phone isn't listening to you that siri isn't listening to you even if you have siri turned off i promise they're still listening uh and that overall all of the social media applications that you scroll on scroll through etc it's all an ad it's all one long curated ad it doesn't matter if it's a, a post of your friends like on instagram just say you're scrolling you see a post of your friends you see another post but that's why the feed isn't chronological anymore because all it's there for is to keep your attention keep your interest that's why they integrated ads into the feed that's why if you've noticed once you scroll through kind of all the pictures that have been posted in like a 24-hour time period they will immediately send you into ads they'll say oh you're all caught up here are some advertisements that look like exactly what you just saw so you don't really know that they're advertisements until you click on them and are so interested that you buy them Uh, It's pretty insane, I believe, but I just want you to know all of that, kind of have that background information, because what I'm about to talk about is that, you know, rabbit hole effect. Um, Oh, one more that I want to talk about is YouTube and the minor changes that can occur that can make changes in your brain. So the sub feed that it used to have was an algorithm based on the last video you watched. So if you, you know, clicked on a a haul if you clicked on a clothing haul then your sub feed would then have a clothing haul from another youtuber it would take data points from the title or the creator and make it um you know recreate something of that nature but the recommended feed that they now have and this is the algorithm that a lot of these social social media applications follow which is why i feel like it's important to note um the recommended so the recommended is not a compilation of data points that you've just watched but a compilation of all 
all the data points from all the videos and all the people that you're subscribed to. So they're kind of forming this image of you. They're creating a predictive algorithm for you to better market and advertise things. And that's, you know, the, the customary model. So I just thought it was important to talk about that. So what is the rabbit hole and how does this have any correlation to your literal soul? So the rabbit hole effect is when you hop on any sort of application and you know you're on there for longer than you intended to be, you get sucked in with all of the all of the predictions that they've made about you. They're like, oh, well, I think she would like this, this, and this, and it looks this way with this color theme because we've analyzed all of the color codes that are on all of the websites that she visits most often and things like that. So you get sucked in, you hop on for five minutes, a study break, and then you're on there for an hour or you binge watch YouTube videos. That's not, that's not, I want to say your fault. You, you have somewhat handed over your free will um, in participating in these these social experiments so I could talk about the intention behind these changes for hours but I think that's a rabbit hole in itself and you just kind of you know you're opening the same door <laughs> a million different ways and it's the rabbit hole of all rabbit holes so I just really want you to keep your head up and you know keep looking at the world that you're creating the data stream is oftentimes at odds with the reality in front of you so pay some more attention to that but now that you understand the background of your screen a little bit more um, let's talk about how the pirating becomes a spiritual battle I kind of call it the brain drain but you know you can call it anything you want to uh, when you're creating an image of yourself online, you stop creating the image of your actual life, your actual, you know, ideal self, your actual ideal settings, whether that be your environment or your programmed settings in your brain for how your life goes. Uh, you stop paying attention to that. And I know manifestation has become a sort of buzzword for, you know, TikTok and, you know, how to get everything you want, but you really can the brain drain that I'm talking about occurs when you begin to put all of your personal power into creating an image online, creating an image in a black mirror instead of creating in your own actual life, using your personal power to change your environment and change your subconscious settings and putting it into an application that only wants to profit off of you. I know that manifestation has kind of become a buzzword at this point in this spiritual new age thing we all got going on, but uh, it's a real thing and it really works when you are living intentionally and positively. And I can do a whole separate podcast on everything I've learned about, you know, manifesting the good, the bad, the ugly, but all of that personal power is what I'm saying is being sucked in by the scroll. So if you've ever wondered why you feel tired after scrolling for so long or binging YouTube videos, like I said, it's because that energy is being drained. If you've ever wondered why Twitter and Google are free, it's because you are the most valued and profitable thing on this earth. I don't know if y'all know that Wayne lyric, but it goes, I stopped paying attention and attention paid me. That's kind of how I want you to think about this. You have to stop paying attention to all of these things and people and advertisements and objects and wants and desire. You have to stop 
paying them attention so your own attention can begin to pay you. It can begin to pay off. Uh, Think about all of the things that you could be doing that aren't social media. You could read a book. You could gain some knowledge. You could start a business. You could, uh, you know, show yourself some self-care. You could be doing literally anything. You could be riding a bike. You could be going to the gym. I hope you can hear me. There's a huge airplane passing me right now. I don't know. Should I wait? Okay, I think it's better now. But yeah, there's so many things in this world that you could be doing that aren't, you know, on your phone that aren't social media. And I'm not saying that promoting your personal brand isn't important, but you'd be spending time with your family. You could be eating amazing food. You could be picking out your outfit for tomorrow. You could create your life. All of these things that they're trying to pull your attention away from are tools that you can be using to create a better life for yourself so not only are they profiting off of your attention you're basically a a sample of the population and they're using all of your micro facial expressions and all of the words they hear you say and you know the change in the tone of voice when they hear certain things happen or certain things that you see all of these tiny things that you don't think matter are teaching them human behavior and by them I mean corporations and AI they're you're teaching AI how to be human so they can run better predictive analysis for the future (laughs) it's just it's not funny it's not funny I just think it's almost laughable how how fast all of this has happened how fast everybody that you know owned an iPhone yeah it's it's interesting it's it's the it's the social experiment but anyway so like i was saying attention and human attention is the most valued profitable thing on this planet right now it is honestly probably worth more than gold i think a really easy way to witness this worth is to think about influencer culture Uh, Like, why do these Instagram models get paid so much to essentially do nothing but live their lives? And it's because if somebody is pretty enough or interesting enough to make you stop scrolling, to stop this mindless behavior, (laughs) for you to figure out what she's wearing, to figure out where she got her ring from, to figure out why her skin's so clear, to figure out why her waist is so snatched. Not that it's not usually surgery most of the time, but that's beside the point. (laughs) If they can make you stop that scroll and find interest in that brand, they're gonna make money off the strength. They're gonna make money off the clout because anything that can stop the brain drain and make even more profit is worth a lot. So, yeah. Now I think that you can witness what's really going on with social media and the real purpose behind it. It's important to get into the big leagues and the macro effects of this this social experiment because it can take a dark and serious turn real fast. It's not just the fact that they're probably going to use all the information they're learning to program their AIs. But um, it's also fueling the race war. It's also fueling misinformation. It's also fueling uh, the future downfall of 
the civilization as it exists currently. So algorithms essentially are made to amplify what makes you feel strongly enough to snatch that attention. But if we think about what amplifies the ex human experience, we can immediately arrive at emotions. And the major emotions, out of those two, the major emotions that can really hit high on that intensity scale are anger and fear. And those are complex emotions and they can look many different ways. I mean, fear is also disgust to a certain extent. Anger is also sadness to a certain extent or jealousy or envy, like these things that can arise as you scroll through social media and the comparison I mean, fear of not having enough can result in the comparison that you um, that you start to subconsciously fall into as you only follow influencers and things of that nature. So the importance of this idea kind of lies in the bigger issues at hand. So big events like coronavirus or the murder of George Floyd and the murder of all of the black people that, you know, happens all the time, but was really put on blast, put on spotlight this summer. Those big events are full of emotions. They are very emotionally charged and therefore heavily engaged with and therefore heavily promoted by the algorithm. This is why a lot of major media corporations came under fire this past spring and summer because there was no responsibility in the statements that were being made they were not able to take down this misinformation because honestly it made them too much of a profit all of the emotionally charged comments and posts and videos and blogs whether they were full of misinformation whether they were full of hate speech or not it was making them so much money and that's obviously not the defense that they were giving in court the defenses were more along the lines of there's no algorithm or function that we can use to limit this information like free speech is really a thing and all 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 this other stuff which i mean are valid to a certain extent but my argument here is it should have never gotten to this point these tech conglomerates and companies own so much and they've gotten so big and they own so much of our data that they now have the ability to control human emotion they have the ability to control the narrative and truthfully there's a lot of cowardice there's a lot of lack of accountability for hiding under the veil of free speech I'm not saying that censorship should be a thing and that free speech, you know, isn't real, but these community guidelines that they say they have, there there can't be this picking and choosing of when they can adhere to these community guidelines and when they cannot, when they feel that there is an overwhelm overwhelming amount of data that they just can't control, but they control it when they choose to. And that's where that picking and choosing becomes not only picking and choosing what stays on social media, but picking and choosing what people believe. Because this mindless scroll, you know, there's no ability for discernment when you get lost in that. There's no ability for your soul and your conscious mind to choose differently, to believe differently, to, you know, not believe everything you see but when you're not acting consciously 
you know, where does that discernment lie? Where do you even get that ability? So what I'm saying is that there needs to be some sort of government intervention. Uh, and if not government, some sort of societal <laughs> movement, uh, person by person, group by group, to find some accountability. And I know Facebook's in court right now for a lot of different things and a lot of issues pertaining to what I'm talking about. So, you know, I'll do some more research, see what happens there. But at the end of the day, it's just it's going to be a fine because the amount of cyber legislation that there is right now is wholly laughable. That's why Facebook's not making a big deal out of being in a court because it's not a big deal. <laughs> it's not a big deal. There's all this procedural content and laws that so many other organizations and businesses must adhere to. And yet, <laughs> just to put it in perspective for you, the cyber law section of my business law class, guys, was one paragraph. It was a subsection of the chapter and the subsection was one paragraph there's no accountability and you know to a certain extent it's really not our government's fault because the growth of information technology has been exponential it's almost been you know kind of impossible to keep up with but it needs more attention it needs to be created the guidelines the, the guidelines they talk so much about community guidelines but where's your community guidelines where is what is policing you facebook twitter instagram where are your community guidelines at the lack of ethics in this realm is laughable and i mean it goes without saying that the internet is you know a lawless land but at this day and age, it cannot stay this way if we want human beings to have free will. And to give you even more perspective, some, some more context, uh, Facebook is not just taking the free will of the United States. I mean, Instagram's not just in Indiana. Facebook's not just in Florida. Like small countries where people are just now getting phones, just now reaching this level of industrialization facebook is usually one of the only apps on these phones pre-downloaded before they can even download the weather app the only app sometimes and the reason for this is organized propaganda campaigns have been found in 56 countries fueled by facebook in vietnam citizens were enlisted to post pro-government messages on their personal facebook pages the Guatemalan government used hacked and stolen social media accounts to silence dissenting opinions. Ethiopia's ruling party hired people to influence social media conversations in its favor. Do you see why this is dangerous? It's fully undermining any form of democracy and government installation from its own government like it's not anarchy here it's <laughs> it's dictatorship and it's dictatorship in the most covert and hidden way if you're literally not paying attention <sighs> so my hope for the future is that on a small level on a lower level, on a microscopic level, that this freaking podcast 
makes you put a, a limit on your social media time that that you can stop participating in this mindless behavior that you can connect with your subconscious mind a little bit more and evolve your discernment techniques get a built-in lie detector (laughs) understand that not everything you see on the internet is the truth on a more macro scale i really hope that these legal cases that you know facebook's in court for right now i hope they go through they're they're in court right now for a plethora of things but the one that i'm most interested in the result of is them being sued for not only being a monopoly but also blocking ad revenue from small businesses so i hope those set some sort of precedent of accountability i hope and pray that there are some laws written to sort of police what goes down because people die from the profit of misinformation people die from the profit of emotionally charged content this is not a game at this point it's not i know i i talk a lot in my personal life about this being a simulation but people losing their free will and life for money that's not that's not a joke that's not fake that's not that shouldn't be allowed is what i'm getting at and and i hope in the future that it's not allowed so i also hope that these tech conglomerates can be broken up in some certain way or form i think that it is almost disrespectful and disgusting to the human race for a company that owns YouTube and the Google Studio, which is, you know, Google Docs, Gmail, to have access to all this information and also own an AI subsidiary called DeepMind. I think that's disrespectful. And so my goal is that those are broken up. I mean, just because what an octopus has eight legs it also has eight different brains no there are two people actually running alphabet inc they're running that show and i think that that has to end they become they become monopoly like facebook's and court board they become this untouchable entity because of all the information that they've learned about the human experience that they've stolen from other humans so that that needs to change and then on a different level those applications need to be broken up because there's no reason i should be able to get on youtube and watch uh you know white nationalism opinions (laughs) and marches and also get on there and watch a makeup tutorial and also get on there and watch a self-help video and also get on there and watch how to do accounting and help with excel like there's no people need to know what they're signing up for people need to know what what's really going down um, on the application that they click on because once you get into this mindless scroll of a recommended rabbit hole you can end up in a place that you didn't expect or sign up for that can completely alter the path of your life there was a new york times expose sort of thing written on 
this man who you know was living in his parents basement working at Taco Bell he was watching these self-help videos and the recommended literally led him into videos about white nationalism because of certain key words that were happening in those videos and because they knew he was a white man I mean it's just it's really scary and you know now he you know he was talking to New York Times and he talked about how he's reformed and he never really believed any of those things but it gave him something to believe in and he was led there by an algorithm so that has to change that I mean and think of how many jobs that would create think about how many jobs that would create if YouTube was you know split up into different categories and also how how much easier it would be to be socially responsible how much easier it would be to filter through misinformation if there was only one application to get medical videos you know are you catching my <laughs> catching my drift here? It would just make more sense. So that's what I think on a small level. That's what I think on a big level. And those are my solutions. So I hope this didn't make you feel <laughs> hopeless for the future in any way. And I hope that we can keep rocking through the age of Aquarius together. Thank you for listening. And I think the next podcast will be a little bit different. The topic will be have shifted just because I don't want to get too stuck on one idea of tech because this is just kind of us building a foundation together and then we can talk more about implications and solutions and things like that but I'm pretty sure the next one will be talking about how to get more in touch with your subconscious that that mind that I'm talking about because that is what really controls your environment and what really controls what you go through what happens everything that happens to you every experience you have is a result of a thought that you have about yourself or about the world or about this construct that you are creating and so I think that it's important for us to talk about that in a time like this. These are unprecedented times, as everyone has continued to say, but not just because of the global pandemic. We're in a new world, and we just got to keep learning together. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so proud of myself for <laughs> recording another episode, and I hope you have an amazing day amazing week, amazing year, amazing life. I love you. Okay. Bye.